0: Northern Michif is one of the three dialects of a midship. The ones in the north are a little bit less French. The ones in the south are more French. So that's kind of easy way to tell the difference. Our dialect is spoken, if you look at the waterways, the rivers, that's right from northwest Saskatchewan, northern Saskatchewan, all the way into Alberta. That's the language itself. And it probably evolved with the fur trade.
1: That's Vince Ahenekew, a leading Northern Michif educator Author and elder from Ila Lacrosse, Saskatchewan. He's our guest today on Pekio K, the Metis Culture Podcast, brought to you by the Metis Nation Saskatchewan and Canadian Geographic. Welcome, Tan Tanshikia. I'm Leah Marie Dorian. I'm a Metis artist and writer living near Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And the host of Pekio K, Pekio K means come and visit. And on this series, we invite you to join us as we go on a journey, exploring our rich Métis language and Métis culture.
0: Tanshe. Tanshe. To win.
1: Over 10 episodes, we travel to Métis communities all over Saskatchewan, talking with Métis elders, educators, artists, and cultural leaders, and learning about what they are doing to keep the Métis language and culture vibrant and alive for future generations. Masi, Ma Si, enjoy! Today is our final episode of Piquio K Season 1. I want to thank all my amazing colleagues at Métis Nation Saskatchewan and Canadian Geographic for making this podcast series possible. I especially want to thank all of you, our listeners, for helping make this season a success. Ma si! For this last episode of Season 1, our journey takes us to Illa La Crosse, a Métis community that is in the heart-centre of the Northern Michif dialect. Our guest today has played a vital part in Northern Michif language revitalization. Vince Ahanikiu literally wrote the book on Northern Michif. Neheu Ewan is a Northern Cree Michif dictionary published by the Gabriel Dumont Institute. You can also hear his voice on the Northern michif to go language app that he helped develop. As an educator, Vince taught in the North and is retiring as the principal of Rossignol High School in Illacrosse. Vince is part of a team developing groundbreaking core programs to promote fluency in the Michif language. Okay, Tanche, Vince Ahenike, welcome to the podcast.
0: Long, I said, long time no see, I'm glad to be here to talk to you.
1: Long time no see, that's for sure. Vince Ahenikiu, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and where you grew up?
0: My name is Vince Ahenikiu, I'm from Isle Cross. I grew up here, I've been here since uh, Kingdom Come. Uh, my grandfather is originally, originally from uh, Sandy Lake. Uh, takako preserve he came here and then uh, started family and we got uh, quite a quite a few family members uh, on uh, on my grandfather's side and as far as that goes we're pretty well a of mile across town Uh we don't really have our status I uh, went to school here graduated here and went to north and then uh, did a little bit of other jobs. I uh, worked in a mine a little bit and then eventually, like I said, I went to Nortep, got to teaching, then got into administration with the school principal and basically going to be done now this year. I'll be retiring in June.
1: Well, congratulations, Vince, on your retirement in June. A well-earned time for you to to shift gears. Vince, you've been you know, speaking Michif your whole life and you understand the language. Can you tell me where you learned Michif and who were the speakers in your life who influenced you?
0: Well, the one big influence was my grandma. That's who brought us up to us of us: my brother and two sisters. And all, all I heard was uh, Michif uh, spoken to, to me from her and uh, basically everybody else around, all the relatives, everybody that came to visit. Uh, there was no no TV. All they had was a radio at the time and those all those kinds of things. So I guess uh, my grandma and first, uh, basically, as far as the midship goes, I remember when she was sick, I went to see her in the hospital. And on my way to the room there in Saskatoon, I could hear two, two persons speaking French back and forth. So I go into the room and I see my grandma and his sister, well, probably a sister visiting her, and they're speaking French, and I never had—I never had any idea she could speak French. <laughs> so I think that's—that's there's that's <laughs> a lot of our elders knew French, they knew uh, Cree, they knew uh, English, and they knew Dené. Lots of them—they knew four languages. So we had lots of uh, lots of people like that, but I think that's slowly dying away, you know, there's not very many.
1: Yeah, that's a, a great tribute to your grandmother. And yes, our elders are always, you know, in the past, we're more multilingual than today. Vince, how is the status of Michif language in your community? Uh, do you have a lot of young people speaking? How is that continuing in your community of El lacrosse?
0: Really, uh, you would probably say not much, which is sad, but uh, we try all kinds of different things in the community to try and revive the language to try and uh, get people to to take a little bit of pride and redo it. But that's going to be a very slow, slow process, I think. And I'll probably get into some of the stuff that, that we try and do at the school and also in, in town here.
1: I would love to hear about the work, you know. Um, I find, I follow your work a lot. I found um, your community is so inspiring in your work at the schools. Vince, can you give us an example of some of the Michif language work you started in your community, especially around the school?
0: The school is K to 12. The K to 60 elementary, they have their own program. Uh, They have a partnership right now with the Métis Nation Saskatchewan and they're They're doing, delivering a program. I think they have a midship immersion at one of the grades. I'm not sure, I'm not really up to speed on that, but uh, they've been doing that. In our school, uh, grade seven to 12, uh, we teach midship in the uh, middle years, seven, eight, nine, and grade 10, 11, and 12, we offer 10, 20, or 30, dependent on number of kids that want to take it. But uh, thank you to the school division. I guess they mandated High school, all our grads have to have a mid class to graduate from our high school. So that's really good. So they have to take uh, one high school class. As far as that goes, Leah, we try different creative ways to kind of promote the language, the culture, of course, the class instruction. We do outdoor ed. There's the outdoor ed component as well. It goes hand in hand. Try a tent classroom once in the fall, once in the spring. Mischief on Friday memos, which when I sent to the staff, I put Mischief in there. Some of the announcements we do on the, on the intercom are mid-chief. Uh The staff, when we talk in the hallways, we our janitor, we, when the kids are around, we talk Mischief. Instructions to students, uh, when they come in the class, they say, How is it cold? And they, went, they say to me, I don't know what you're doing, I don't know what you're saying. But if you say it about 10, after two weeks, they know. They'll, they'll kind of respond, uh, and teachers as well, they try uh, to learn the language. We do little mini workshops with them, and we get them to put bonus questions in their tests for mid stuff like that. So it's a kind of a team approach that we kind of do. And as well, I think our mid language festival is kind of our big showcase, I guess, uh, from year to year, our 22nd year this time, or 23rd, I'm not sure. I think we didn't do one last year because of COVID. But this year, we're planning a virtual event at the end of this month, end of May. And there we do different activities, bingo, fashion show, scavenger hunt. We also got the violin, la veille and fiddle music. At this time, i just like to recognize John Arcand, who came here uh, last, I think, 15 years to teach the kids Fiddle because of COVID and whatnot, and he's getting up in age. So we got new guy Lucas Welsh, that took over, and he's coming here from Middle Lake and doing uh, instruction with the fiddle and the violin and stuff. Uh, other stuff like jigging contests for uh, other performances as well. We we try that. Uh, we tried a shift class for adults, um, but because of COVID, you had to shut that down in the evenings. So. Well, maybe we'll try. We'll try and start it up again. And I think too we had a radio station here, which is a really, really good. Like every community needs to have one. uh, That's instrumental in the programming that they do. Robert is on the radio right from morning right all day, speaking midship. When they first started, there was quite a bit, a little bit of backlash from people on Facebook and stuff like that about an old people station. Basically, I think now they're starting to uh, warm up to it, eh? which is really good. For that, we uh, we produce radio jingles for, uh, by the students. Uh, we've got a good technician here. His name is Teddy Flett. We like to thank him, and he's really talented, and we got a lot of talented musicians as well. So they, they do uh, radio jingles and stuff like that just to promote the language, and also to promote the, uh, the radio station itself. Do you listen to the radio, chances are you'll probably hear them, and basically it's just an overall community effort, I think, by everybody just to keep the language going, especially the elders. Every time they speak, it's only Michif or Cree, whatever you want to call it. It's called the Northern Michif dialect, I guess, and that's basically a lot of the stuff that we do.
1: Oh geez, there's some good, um, inspiring activities. I hope other Métis communities listen in and practice some of those things as well. It's good to share those good things. Uh, Vince, can you tell me, I really enjoy using your dictionary you did with Gabriel Dumont Institute. Can you give me the backstory on your midship dictionary and the workbook you did with Gabriel Dumont Institute?
0: That was way, way back when I started teaching Going to language conferences and stuff, and there was no really, there was really nothing for uh, indigenous languages. So I was thinking, we we got to have books like the science books. We got to have books like the uh, English and whatnot. So uh, basically, I sat down summers in the evenings on the weekends and I started working on developing a a midship dictionary with that standard Roman orthography they call it. They just it's different from Cree, uh, I guess, at the time. The Cree symbols, it's a little bit different with the midchief. So we had to develop those, the macrons and stuff like that on the letters. So we slow, I slowly figured that out and tried um, tried here and there what, 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 what to do, what to change. Um, and slowly developed it and we finally got a, like a, a base um, alphabet, I guess, so to speak. And then from there, we started publishing. And at the time, our director wasn't really too supportive. And he said, we're not in the publishing business. So I took it uh, to SICC at the time, Scatron Indian Cultural Center, and I thanked this lady, her name was Ida. I don't remember her last name, Wingskson. But anyways, she's the one that published it. Uh, Didn't really go that far, or that wasn't really that successful, I guess, Then we took it uh, back, we took it to GDI, uh, David Morin at the time, and we kind of took off from there. Uh, We revised it, added phrases and dictionary, and also a couple of workbooks as well. And a lot of that stuff like what I produce and other people and staff, we've given to email to to colleagues, email to people all over. And it's probably all over Saskatchewan, maybe beyond these uh, worksheets and stuff like that we developed. And I guess the goal was, go, because I was giving them out to promote the language and get kids, the kids to, to start speaking it. It evolved from there into a Northern mid app. So that's what we see now on the phones and whatnot. And it's also recognized as one of the three dialects of uh midchief. Uh the ones in the north are a little bit less French. The ones in the south are more French. So that's kind of I guess the, the easy way to, to tell the difference. And our dialect is spoken probably if you look at the water the waterways, the rivers, uh that's right from northwest Saskatchewan, uh, northern Saskatchewan, all the way into Alberta. That's that's the language itself. And it probably evolved with the fur trade. And of course, like I said, my grandma was speaking French and they, they were taught French in school. So naturally it came up. And there's a little bit of uh, English in there too, like words like sis, I think that's an English word and things like that. So it's quite a, quite a story.
1: Oh, absolutely. But I'm glad
0: people are starting to, especially the Canadian government as well. Eh? They're starting to recognize that we need to do something and they put quite a bit of money, millions of dollars into uh, Indigenous languages, which is a good thing.
1: I agree with you, Vince, and you know, one of my favorite things is I've downloaded that app on my phone, so I get to hear your voice almost every week. I'm practicing a new word and you're, so sitting here (laughs) listening and talking with you today is almost like I've I've actually never lost my connection (laughs) because the app, for those listeners, the app is a wonderful way to hear the language. And Vince, what was it like recording all that audio? You had to say how many thousands of words did you record with David Morin and GDI?
0: I'm not even sure, I think 18,000, something like that.
1: (laughs) So did you do it all in one um, sitting or did you like work over the recording sessions over a long period of time?
0: Mm, I think we did it two or three times. Uh, We did the dictionary part and then we did the, the phrases part, uh, the sentences, those kinds of things, at, uh, on a different time, and they put it all together. So it was quite a quite a while, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I just absolutely get a lot of good feedback when I people ask me for of Cree. That's my go-to resource is the uh, your dictionary. Vince, is there any other Michif language projects or resources that you're working on? now that you've done that dictionary, is there anything else? Are you writing? Are you continuing to translate? What are you working on?
0: Well, I keep uh, getting requests to translate stuff and uh, we've got PowerPoints and those kinds of things too. I'm not too sure how we can put them on like Facebook and things like that so people can access them and look at them and use them. Like a lot of the stuff that we make, like I give to the teachers and they use them in the classrooms and uh, videos and those kinds of things. We've also got lots of those, but we need to uh, kind of figure out a way to give them to people so they could use them. So I guess that'll be our next next job or whatever to, to try and put those together so people can utilize them as well.
1: Mm, I can Uh, see you um, being busy for retirement. I don't think you're going to actually officially (laughs) retire. I think you're going to be busier.
0: (laughs) And uh, I was also, there's also this, um, we're doing a fur block thing uh, to try and preserve our fur block. And the science guys sent us some stuff about bugs. Uh, We don't really have, like I was thinking, they, they name all their different bugs. Our, our elders and our language—we don't recognize all those bugs, like even birds. Uh, you say "PCs" for a bird, but they—they have morning warble, warbler and all the different names. Uh, we did—I uh, guess the elders or the language just says birds. You don't get really right into right into naming the different ones, except probably the main ones like uh, the blackbird and the crow. Those kinds of things, but all those little small ones—it's all one one word. Too. Yeah,
1: yeah, good point.
0: Oh, so it's kind of interesting. I was thinking about that this morning. Uh, good
1: idea. You know, I love chickadees. We have a lot of really neat species of birds, the whiskey jack, and it, you know, it's nice to hear you talk about that because if we don't get the names of those those creatures before the elders, you know, um, leave, we won't have the names in our languages of our our those beings that have given us so much joy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, Uh. the even the dictionary, there's probably lots missing. There's probably lots we can put in. Sometimes when I get stumped, I either phone an elder, or I check the Mm. Alberta Elders Alberta Elders Dictionary. That one is pretty good too. It has uh, a kind of because we speak the same way. eh? Just going by from all across, all across. Alberta. I'm glad you mentioned that. They use all the same words.
1: Vince, you've been so busy uh, contributing beyond your community in the north. You have sat on the Gabriel Dumont Institute board. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience doing that commitment to the Métis community?
0: Right now it's kind of like a learning thing for me. It's just uh, probably my second or third meeting I'll be attending, but it's certainly getting interesting and in, uh seeing all the programs that uh GDI kinda runs. I could kinda open my eyes uh DTI, GDI and all the buildings that they, they have and all their, their programs that they're running uh on any any given year. So it's kind of uh I guess uh it's kind of uh, monumental, I guess, or something. I'm not I'm kinda lost for words right now, but They got quite a few things going, which is good for the Métis people.
1: I think so. And it's so nice to see that you will be able to bring the Northern perspectives into our Gabriel Dumont Institute and be a voice for the Northern Michif as well. So, Vince, have you been playing any fiddle? Do you have any plans to pick up more fiddle music on your retirement?
0: Uh, Olivia Law, I haven't played for about five, six years, but I've slowly been picking it up on guitar. And I think I'm going to go on tour here this summer.
1: (laughs) I think you should. It's time.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> oh, that's wonderful.
0: Well hopefully um hopefully this uh this COVID is done, eh? Oh my god, mm-hmm. it's getting bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're definitely sure looking forward to getting our people together. Batosh has really had to be done differently as well, eh? And I know that a lot of northerners come down to Batosh every year and camp and visit and you know, play music and dance. So it'll be nice to get that going again as well.
0: I remember. uh,
1: Have you ever performed there?
0: I don't think so, but there's always a first time. eh? in. Yeah, you
1: might be this (laughs) in the next few
0: years.
1: (laughs) So Vince, if you had any advice to people wanting to learn the language, you know, in the Métis community, what advice can you give us who, uh, to help us, you know, step into trying to learn our language? What, what would you say to us?
0: It has to come from you. You have to want to learn it. And you don't stop at nothing to to, to hold you back. Um, even the, the students that I'm teaching, the adults, I got a couple of doctors there. And they're continuing not only what I do, but on their own. They, they try and learn, and they're getting pretty good. So basically, don't stop at nothing. Just keep keep uh, plugging, keep keep uh, doing what you need to do to, to learn the language, because it'll slowly come. And just not to give up. Ach, is what people said. Keep keep trying. So basically, it has to come from from you. Like even with the fiddle, uh, I was watching. I went to Middle Lake Stampede when uh, when I was about uh 13, 14 years old, I saw this guy playing fiddle at a band It was called Prairie Fire, I think. And I said to myself, I'm going to learn how to play the fiddle. And slowly but surely, you got it going. So the language would probably be the same thing. You have to make up your mind. You want to do something, and you can do it.
1: Oh, gee! Thank you for that encouragement. I think a lot of our listeners are starting to take up the mischief learning t- challenge, and including me. <laughs> uh, well, that's Vince, good. I'm working. I'm. I'm hey, I hey, I tell you, Norman Fleury. He he said the same thing. He said just just learn and use the language when you can. So um, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, Vince, what do you see for? leadership in midship, what do we need in our Métis communities in the nation to really create leadership and vision around midship language?
0: When they make public announcements and stuff, they need to throw a little bit of midship in there, a little bit of the language, not too, too much, not to overdo it, but basically just to to show the people that uh, we do have a language and we do have a way of communicating, uh, just that uh, uh, in our homeland, like even Every meeting you go to, you they say the land of the Métis, homeland of Métis, Treaty 10 area. All that could be done in the native language. Just start there.
1: Oh, Stuff geez. like that. Oh my gosh, I think I have my first retirement project for you. <laughs> you can write the new <laughs> introduction for the Métis Nation announcements. <laughs> Vince, it's been so wonderful chatting with you. Is there, is there any um, Métis cultural values you want to stress with our listeners that, you know, in your community of Illacross and among the elders that you'd like to leave to inspire our listeners today?
0: The way I grew up, I think we need to bring some of those back at the elders and the ones that have passed on. I think the, the caring for one another, the wanting to help uh, one another, all that stuff needs to kind of come back, and the the pride in the language, starting to use the language. Uh, Within the language, all of this stuff, I think, will come back because uh, it kind of uh, puts everybody on an even keel, I think, and you don't get um, sidetracked like with material goods and trying to accumulate as much uh, wealth as you can. That stuff is kind of, um, you can't take it with you is what the elders say
1: mm-hmm.
0: when, you are, when you're gone, right? That's
1: right. <laughs> so, it's... That's
0: not, um, so all that stuff, I guess, uh, yeah, basically, just try and care for one another.
1: Thank you, Vince.
0: Sit uh-huh. Aha, okay, thank you. Woohoo! we did it chip <laughs> <laughs> And I'll say, Merci, Apa kata kalau paspih tayar pasukan nama pihkswin northern chief kasih katik